Hey, so I'm glad that you're here. If you uh, want to make your way back to where you were sitting, I see some of you have gotten up and moved around and said hello to people. Just uh, find a seat or a comfy spot. Uh, I even saw a little shade in a couple spots if you want to go hunt for it. Or maybe you just need a little vitamin D to soak in. That'd be great. Just get comfortable. We're going to talk a little bit, then we're going to worship a little bit, and then talk a little more and a little communion together. Um, you see up here there are some a couple of announcements before we get into things. Some uh, boxes, some shoe boxes, thanks to our Operation Christmas Child team. And so if you would love to participate in Operation Christmas Child this year, then before you leave, um, that's uh, Cindy giving her offering. <laughs> yep. Clap for it. It's got to pay the mortgage. So uh, you can come down after church. Uh, or during church, it doesn't matter, and get a box, take it away. You're going to fill it with some stuff. There's some instructions and links that will be coming out in our e-news. These boxes aren't due back until the middle of November, and so we would love for you to participate in that. Even in this, uh, this COVID time, we're going to bless the world with a lot of things that will uh, let people know who Jesus is. And so we want you to jump in and be a part of that. Isn't it good to be around some people? Is it good to be around folks? Anybody meet somebody new for the first time? Did you? Oh my gosh. Look at you, extroverts. Was it too long for you introverts? I mean, you just kind of sat there, didn't you? So that's totally what I would have done because I'm an introvert. And when they talk about greetings and things like that, if I'm at a church where I'm not the pastor, I, uh, and I see this coming, I make a dash for the bathroom. That's what I do, because I, I, it's the worst. I hate it. I just, just, ugh. And it's not that I don't like people. I love people, and I miss so many of you. It's just that, that part of me that just wants to, you know, only be around people I know real well or want to take care of or people that I've already kind of gotten over the little awkward hump of, you know, just this... But I'm glad that uh, our extroverts are around because they make us uh, get out of our comfort zone a bit. Here's what I'd love for us to do today. Uh, you're in the, the beautiful Colorado outside, and we're blessed with uh, a low amount of, you know, smoke and stuff. And you look up, you can see the blue sky, right? Amen. Isn't that good? And um, some folks are out exercising. You, you gaze at this hill over here, you can see the fall colors. Um, I don't know what kind of weeks you've been having as uh, families have been re-engaging in school and as you have been trying to manage the various aspects of your life, but I would love it if you would take the next hour, an hour, 15 minutes, however long we are before we get up from where we are right now and go back to what it is that we have in mind for the rest of our day. I mean, some of you have other plans this afternoon and tonight. Some of you are going to get a little Philly cheesesteak or some ice cream and hang out with friends and family. But I think it would be great if you took the next chunk of time and just sort of viewed it as a, as a mini retreat. Slowing down, taking a deep breath. In fact, just do that now. Just take a deep breath in, nice and slow, and then just let it out nice and slow and do it again. And keep your phone away. Decide that you will not engage in anything other than what's right in front of you. We're going to talk about scripture a little bit, talk through a few ideas. You're going to have a chance to worship with some lyrics. 
But my guess is, is over the next seven days or a couple of weeks, this might be the slowest hour that you get. And if you will sort of view it as a, a mini retreat. How many of you have been on a retreat before? Let me see your hands. And so the retreat setting means that, that I'm, I'm kind of unplugging from my life. I'm going to engage somewhere else for just a bit. I'm going to think more broadly about who I am and what God is up to. I'm going to decide that the, the normal things that sort of press in on me spiritually or mentally or socially, I'm just going to set them aside for now. And if you'll do that, well, the hope is, is that in a, an hour or so when we get up and move our chair or start interacting with each other again, that as we engage in our week, that we'll have something of Jesus to give to somebody else. That's what we want. That we'll have something. When we, when we bump up against somebody else, when we have some friction in the workplace or friction at home or in our family, that what comes spilling out of us isn't maybe the anger or the, the irritability that you might normally have, but something of Jesus sort of spills out onto them. And what you've given them is, is a bit of grace that they didn't even know they needed or a bit of love or mercy. And what happens when you do that is you give and then you receive the very same thing, maybe not from that person, but from the encounter, from the experience from God. And our hope is that you're doing a little bit of this sort of thing through your week anyway, that you're taking some time and opening up Scripture and deciding that you're going to learn something about God and who He is and what He's up to, not just, of course, while we're gathered, but when you're at home, when you're in your living room, before you start your day, or maybe as the sun is setting, sometime, someplace through the week, for some of you daily, at least a few times a week, that you would be allowing God to pour into you so that your cup is not just full of you, it's not just full of the sum total of your negative experiences through a day, but it is full of something that God can fill you with. So when you get bumped, little Jesus comes out. And so maybe a mini retreat today is what you and I need. Well, I need it. Maybe you do too. But I know that in our culture at the moment, in the things that are pressing in, the, the issues that are creating anxiety and contentious relationships, a little bit of peace in the middle of the storm is exactly what God can give us. We, we started this series uh, just two weeks ago. Uh, this, this big suitcase is from our stage over at church. I brought it with me just to remind us. We're in this Ephesians series. We call it packed because Ephesians has a ton of stuff that is just jam-packed. But we also called it packed because you and I, we carry these suitcases. We carry things with us everywhere we go. We take them on trips. We take a little bag to work. We take a purse or a man purse or a purse or whatever it is you carry your stuff in because you want to have what you need when you get there. And this series reminds us that sometimes we're carrying stuff we don't need, and, and sometimes we're missing the stuff that we absolutely need to have with us. It's essential. This week, we've been packing and repacking and unpacking and packing again. Donna and I, we, we went across to see our family in Kentucky, so we drove across the country, drove across Kansas twice, <laughs> two times, which means on the way out to Kentucky, I looked at everything in Kansas and thought, 
see you later. You know, I'm going to see you again in five days. And this is just, ah. Uh. And then we, we drug our trailer all the way across 18, 19 hours one way and stayed in our trailer at a beautiful horse park just outside of Lexington. We got to see our family, got to see my parents for the first time in a year. It was beautiful, but we had to pack to go, and we had to pack different things because we're going to see family and be doing things. And then tonight, we'll load up that trailer again, and we'll, we'll drag it. it. When I say drag it, it makes it sound like it doesn't have wheels. It has wheels, but the mileage that my car gets when I pull it makes it feel like we're dragging it. And so we'll pack again today because we're headed up to Rocky Mountain National Park just for my day off tomorrow, and we'll hike and see the beauty of Colorado, and it will be so interesting to contrast. I mean, Kentucky's beautiful, but it's humid in Colorado. I mean, aren't you glad you live in Colorado? Yeah, yeah. How many of you moved here from someplace else that's more humid? We did too. It rained in Kentucky, which meant it was wet for three days, and we missed this this high desert. And so we've packed and repacked. But when we packed and repacked and unpacked, we took the stuff that we needed. And this, this suitcase and this series in Ephesians reminds us that there's some things that we need for the journey. And so as we kind of engage in our time of retreat, here's the question I'd love for you to ask, and think through, and, and pray about. What's in your suitcase over the last few weeks, maybe a few months, that's uh, it's a little heavier than it should be. Maybe it's weighing you down. And maybe it's the kind of thing that if, if you were to be honest about it, you shouldn't be carrying it. It's not helpful. In other words, what's in your suitcase that you need to set aside? Maybe toss out the window as you're driving down 70. Maybe just get rid of it completely. What are you carrying that if you could be honest with God about, you would unpack and leave it behind completely. For some of you, it's anxiety and worry. And as you watch the tension in the culture rise, you internalize it all. In fact, you, you can't, can't imagine. Some of you had to turn the debate off because it was so tension-filled. And it just made you feel anxious just to watch. For some of you, it's anger. And you, you find yourself going through the day thinking everything's good. Okay, it's a good day. It's not like yesterday. Today's a good day. And then something happens and anger just comes spilling out. And you have no idea where it came from. For some of you, you've got in your suitcase a measuring stick that somebody else put in there. And you use that measuring stick to determine whether you're good or not, whether you're successful or not. And this measuring stick, whether it's your success or how well you've done or maybe what you have or what you don't have, how your family is, whether your kids are happy and moving forward, whatever that measuring stick is, you need to take it out of the suitcase and break it over your knee and set it aside. Maybe use it for kindling. What's in the suitcase that you don't need and you carry it every day? What is it? If you'll answer that question, then it'll put you in a place where you can maybe more thoughtfully worship like we're going to through lyrics and, and notes. If you'll wrestle with that question, then you might leave this service a little lighter for the journey the coming week. 
we've been in this series just for two weeks. So two weeks ago, we talked about packing and the things that we pack and the things that are important that we have. And I got, a, I got an email from uh, Veronica Johnson. So you know the Johnsons. Are the Johnsons here? I didn't see them come in. Yeah, there they are. Steve's. Yeah, Is Sophia back there? Sophia, why don't you stand up so people can see you? There's Sophia. And uh, they were getting ready to take a journey. Sophia was 10 years old when they were getting ready to take this trip. And Sophia said to her mom, she said, ah, oh, my backpack is so heavy. Well, guess who packed Sophia's backpack? <laughs> Sophia did. And so I want you to ponder the question we've been wrestling with, and I want you to use Sophia and her example of her life, mostly as a warning, Sophia, sorry for that, and, uh, and so you can ponder, you know, what it is that you need to pull out. So her mom, uh, Veronica, took the backpack and opened it up, and, and here's what she found in the backpack. Nine balls of various sizes and materials, about 80 color pencils, a whole spirograph kit. You remember spirograph? Right, you can draw little designs. A whole spirograph kit, which had more colored pencils, one pen, one pencil that was unsharpened, by the way. So, Veronica kept meticulous notes. They have a whole word doc of the funny things their kids have done, and they shared this with me. An eraser, six plastic mazes. You know where you try to get the ball to drop into the little hole. You ever play with one of those? Yeah, me too. A little porcelain squirrel. I don't know, about an inch tall. A shoebox-sized plastic bin. A ducky hat. A five-pound weight, just a weight. And if you see her, I mean, she's got guns. I can see she was probably going to work out. Two books, loose paper, about 10 candy ring pops that Sophia said she promised she was planning on sharing them. Craft Bee Creations, a money purse, Rubik's Cube, and you may have remembered that she had a pencil in there that was unsharpened. So Sophia, being the meticulous planner that she is, put in her backpack an electric pencil sharpener complete with shavings from the other pencil. Give Sophia a hand, would you? So what needs to come out of the suitcase for you? What have you been carrying that shouldn't be there? And if you ponder this, even if you were to pray, as we're going to give you a chance to in a minute, and invite God to speak into it, God is so kind and so thoughtful Holy Spirit is so deeply personal about you and your life that he'll whisper, the Holy Spirit will, uh, the Holy Spirit will whisper something to you that you didn't even know you were carrying. Some of you are carrying guilt. Some of you are carrying shame. Some of you are carrying piles of regret of things that you can't even begin to change anymore. What is it that you're carrying? And here's the thing, because we're, we're self-aware followers of Jesus, because you and I, we know that the, the life that isn't full of self-examination isn't really worth living. We don't just take these things out and dump them. We take them out. We don't carry them anymore, but we remember them. In fact, we even hold them out here at arm's length and ask the question, I, I know that I'm angry. Why am I angry? I know it shows up at the most inopportune times, but why? And we use those things to help us guide our thoughts, and our walk with Jesus. I, I know that I'm sad. I know that I'm anxious, but what am I worried about? I know there are times in the week when my trust in God begins to just move away like the, the ebb of the ocean, but what is it that causes me to begin to trust in other people and not in the Lord? And we use those questions to drive us deeper. That's another day. Today is about taking something out that you don't need to carry. Aren't you carrying enough already? 
Aren't there enough things that you're shouldering the burden of? God is inviting you to leave it behind. And so what if you just began to pray that right now? You can pray with your eyes open. You can pray it right in your seat, right in the middle of this amazing, a little bit warm, glorious Colorado sun. And you can just say, in fact, you can pray it right now with me. Lord, what is it that you want me to set aside? What am I carrying that puts me in your place? What do I need to drop? What do I need to let go of? And in the quietness of this moment before we begin to sing and worship, just give God a chance to speak to you about that. He does. He speaks. He'll remind you of something. A memory that's troubling. A circumstance that makes you feel anxious. Lord, what do you want us to drop and set aside? All that waits for me and for you is freedom on the other side. That's all. And so the last two weeks in church, we've been through Ephesians chapter 1. The entire first chapter of Ephesians is really all about worship and a big prayer. In fact, the worship is what they would call, what we would call today, what they would even call in the first century, a doxology. It's this this expression of who God is, it's worship. We worship in church and we worship in this grand amphitheater, in this incredible setting to remind us of who we are in light of who God is. And this is why I love the services we've been having at the park this summer. Because I am moved by nature. I'm moved by the ceiling that's above us right now, the sky, the Colorado blue. I'm moved by the way that we recreate in nature. And so when we worship and we see a bike coming over the hill, I'm reminded of how God gave us the ability to move. And I'm reminded of what Paul said in Acts, in him we live and move and we have our being. Worship reminds me that when it's time for me to pull something out of my suitcase, God is there and he'll shoulder that burden he did on the cross. And so you're going to sing words about redemption. I'll ask Josh to come on up and get ready, and the team to come up and get ready to lead us, and I'll pray. And you're going to sing words about redemption and love and mercy. And I pray that as these words that you read on the page and come out of your mouth, that they would not just be sort of going through the motions the way we often worship, but that you would be making proclamations with your mouth and your heart that you would be encouraged by the truths that are scriptural that you're about to sing lyrically. That God would meet you in this place and the idea that he is in charge, that he is sovereign, that he is in fact moving in history, that in spite of the chaos around us, 
that God is at work, and he's at work in people like me and you and the people that you love and the people you'd rather not be around to move us toward a final conclusion, that he is actually redeeming all things and that he is good, that he's all-powerful, and that he knows when you've been hurting. He knows when you have been sad beyond measure. He knows the burdens that you're trying to carry. He knows when you're alone. And he wants to meet you in this place, this mini retreat that you're on right now. God wants to meet you in this moment. And so would you keep praying that prayer? Lord, what's in the suitcase that I need to unpack? I mean, some of you are carrying a suitcase that's bigger than this one, let's be honest. And it needs to be sorted out. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you through it. We'll sing a few songs, just a few more simple thoughts to share, and we're going to take communion together. The beauty of the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. And so, Lord, we ask in this moment, in this grand place, this beautiful setting, that you would meet us. So we sing these lyrics because you are God and we are not. And yet we bear your image and your love for us as as Paul writes in Ephesians, it is immeasurable. And so we pray that you would guide us and lead us as we seek you right now. Lord, we worship you in the name of Jesus. We pray together. If you have uh, your communion stuff handy, just go ahead and pull it out and get it ready. Uh, we, we'll take it in unison together as a family. And so what, what I mean by that is when it's time to take the bread... We'll all take the bread at the same time, and we'll do the same thing uh, with the juice that's in front of me and the, the emblems that are in front of you as well. We'll do it together because we're together. And so my hope is that you've been thoughtful about what needs to come out of this suitcase. And clearly, if you're going to unpack something, you need to pack some other stuff. You want to get rid of the stuff that's weighing you down, and you want to put in the stuff that's good. Some of you have been carrying with you since the last time we met in the park, Romans 15, 13. And my guess is that the God of hope is still filling you with joy and peace. And it could be that you've taken that verse and it's become a part of your daily thinking and maybe even the way your heart is structured and the things that you lean on God for and you have moved your hope from the things that are temporary or, or unstable or unsettling to things that are eternal, that will last, that are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's, that's what hope is. And so what that means is you pull out some of the stuff that's dead weight and you put in the good stuff that belongs the little mini retreat we're on today. Being on a retreat has been a very important thing throughout the history of Christianity, almost dating back to the time of Jesus. Around the second or third century, when the persecution of Christians began to slow down, there were people that looked at the Roman Empire embracing Christianity, and it happened over time. At first it was, well, it's not illegal to be a Christian anymore, and then it was, this is a state-sanctioned religion, and by the time Constantine became emperor, it was the state religion by itself. And this freaked out the followers of Jesus. I mean, this was not a victory for them. They saw this, this uh, collusion of empire and faith as being terrible, for their walk. And the reason they did is because they believed 
that for somebody to become like Jesus, that suffering had to be a part of the way. And now if there's no persecution, now if the state is even sanctioning, Constantine in, in, the, in the palace, he's saying it's good to be a Christian. How will we become like Jesus if suffering is no longer part of the way? And so there were some Christians that withdrew from culture completely. They said, look, if the, the suffering isn't going to happen as a result of us just living here, let's go make our own suffering. And they did. They left their comforts, they left their soft beds, they left the normal city life, and they began doing what eventually would become monastic life in the third century. One of the most famous, his name was St. Anthony. He was really the pioneer he, of what we call the desert fathers and the desert mothers of the third century. And he went away, and so did thousands of others to live in Christian community. This is what they believed. They believed if they didn't go away, they would be carrying in their suitcase so much stuff that they would not even be useful to other people. They believed that culture was a shipwreck that they needed to swim from as fast and as far as they could if they wanted to really know God. They embodied Romans 12, that they would not be conformed to the pattern of this world in fact, St. Anthony lived in complete silence for 20 years. It was only in his old age that he began offering wisdom and guidance to others, and they traveled from thousands of miles to hear what he had to say about what it means to know Jesus. In fact, for the desert fathers and mothers, for them, life was all about unpacking all the wrong stuff and putting in the right stuff. What are you leaving behind today? What are you going to unpack Look, I, I want you to listen close. If you've got a bargain with God that if you obey and do the right things that your life will go well, if that's in your suitcase, then the natural result is going to be anger because life is going to happen to you. And when it does, you've got no one to blame but God. And anger will bubble up every time. If you're carrying somebody else's measuring stick in your suitcase that measures your worth, your identity, your success, who you are, if you're doing that, then the natural result is always going to be shame, perfectionism, pride, even gluttony. You need to set it aside. But if you're going to pull something out, then you need to put something in. I mean, you can't travel this world empty-handed. You need the right tools. And so let me give you a tool today. You're going to have to memorize it on your own because we have communion to take. But you've read it if you're reading along with us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It's the gospel in one verse. Paul, economy of words, boils it down by saying this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Listen close. So you need to shut your eyes and soak it in. Listen close. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. In other words, whatever bargain you've made with God, set it aside. He's already given you everything that you need. Whatever measuring stick you use to determine your worth or identity, God has declared you worthy and sent his son to die for you on your behalf. 
He's declared that you are lovable, forgivable, and he welcomes you into his embrace. All of it. When you pack an essential like Ephesians 2, 8, and you carry it in your suitcase, well, it's like the toothbrush. A couple weeks ago, we talked about what's the worst thing you could forget while you're traveling? And uh, one of my friends wisely said from the crowd, your toothbrush. When you forget your toothbrush, you're thinking, where can I find a toothbrush? Most things you can do without. Or borrow somebody else's, not a toothbrush. Ephesians 2.8, it's your toothbrush. Ah, if I've been saved by grace, so have you. I don't get to judge you. If I've been saved by grace, I don't have to perform my way in. Neither do you. If it is a gift of God, then I can't earn it. Neither can you. When Jesus was with his friends, get your communion stuff ready, and he spent time with them the night before he was killed, he held up this piece of bread and he said, this is my body and it's broken for you. It's given to you. And then he, he broke it for them. And they passed it around. And as they shared in this meal, they were reminded that Jesus did not give a pronouncement. Jesus did not give an emblem. We remember him with it. What Jesus gave was himself. And he gave it to me and to you. And so we remember today the body of Jesus given when we partake of this bread. Let's take it together. several cups that they drank from. But one of them, what we would call the third cup of Passover, Jesus held a cup up and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. We're going to share this meal again, all of us together, but it won't be until the age is completed, until it's all final, until the kingdom is fully here. But tonight, before I'm killed, Jesus he held this cup up and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. And he said, when you drink this, remember me. For it is by grace you have been saved. It is not of yourselves. So the disciples, in humble quietness, in their own little retreat in the upper room, they shared from this cup and they remembered the blood of Jesus. Let's take together. And so, Lord, in this moment, we gather as one body, the body of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom to unpack our suitcase thoughtfully. We want, as a follower of your Son, to live and examine life. And so for some of us, it's really hard to remember the last week when we uh, lost our temper or just wringed our hands in anxiety or allowed our fear to take over our actions and our thoughts and our mind. But Lord, if we didn't have a memory, you wouldn't draw us into being like your son Jesus. And so we remember those moments of, of weakness and we unpack them and we lay them at your feet 
because we believe that that Jesus conquered death on the cross. Because he conquered death, we get to experience new life today. And so Lord, we pick up new and good things. We pray, God, that you, the God of hope, would fill us with all joy and peace. We pray that we would leave this place knowing and understanding that it is by grace we have been saved. Lord, help us to love that way this week. Help us to declare it with our lives. Because we believe that you are sovereign, that you are powerful, that you are at work, that you are in us, that you are helping us to know what it means to follow you, and that you are redeeming all things, that you are making all things new. We believe this. We claim it. And we do not do this by sight. If we did it by sight, we would have given up a long time ago, Lord. We do it by faith, and by faith we believe. And our trust is not in any person or human institution or even any outcome. Our hope and our trust is in you and you alone. And so, Lord, we pray. We pray for those who are struggling in health and sickness. We pray for those that are fearful and worried. We pray for those that have given in to control and anger. And we pray for us that we may know you more fully. And we declare with our mouths and our hearts right now that your greatness exceeds our imagination. <laughs>